Stampod Productions. Weekend breakfast with Sam and Danny. So many of you are out on the roads this morning. It's mad. It seems so busy. Everyone's off to a lot of cool places today. A lot of cool things. Cool weekends. Cool. Uh, we had a bit of an idea. Okay. As with every journey, there just seems to be one question that everyone is asking. Why don't we all just shout it together? Hello to Jamie, 24, driving from Salzburg to Munich to visit BMW World. Nice. Phoebe, Lorna and Tia, they're on their way to Flamingoland. Matt is on the road to Newport Chess Tournament. Gemma and Ollie on their way to Fort Park. Shane, Alice, on their way to do the Highland Swing. We're all asking. Danny and Harriet on the way to Tewkesbury in separate cars. No, we're not there yet. Hi, my name's Luke Rowe, riding for Ineos Grenadiers, and you're listening to On Your Bike Podcast. Hello and welcome to On Your Bike. We're a new cycling podcast and we are, Harriet Muckle, on the start. Yes, we are on the start line. It's the penultimate day, so it's very exciting. I said exciting again. That's my word of this podcast. Exciting, exciting, exciting. But it truly is. Well, and, and just to add to the excitement, Wout Van Aert has just uh, joined the lead group. So we're stood in the middle of the peloton. We have t- literally taken you to the middle of the peloton in the fact that the main group are in front of us to our right. I can see just the back of the Trinity racers with the blue jerseys and the green tee. And there's DSM and there's one Ineos Grenadier rider. Which makes Connor Swift. And just behind us to our left, there's a couple of our riders just hanging back a bit. Uh, Kern Farmer, Bingol. Uh, 36.5 St. Perrin and Bolton Equities Katie so bit of a weird bit weird start as far as I'm just hanging out do you know what it is Katie I think I figured it out they're in the shade at the back there's the shade of the shops just behind them. it's definitely the shade it's absolutely sweltering um, it is very Heart yeah. is an understatement yes Katie Magic of Right Bike Repeat we've not even said hello to you yet how are you doing I'm good, thank you. Yeah, really disappointed to hear about Tom Pidcock. I've literally just seen the news flash up that he will not take the start because he's got saddle sore infection, which sounds so painful. How he's been carrying on with that for the last few days, I don't know. Yeah, that would, that would explain maybe why he's been a little bit more surly than usual. Yeah, and this was also going to be a really good stage for him, wasn't it, Katie? Yeah, I mean, obviously this was it's really, really frustrating because it was the beginning of his chance to assert himself on the GC. And this was, you know, last year with the race being ended prematurely because of the death of the Queen, he again was just building up to start his sort of GC campaign and, and the race ended, so he must be incredibly frustrated. Underway. As, as the peloton now joins towards us. Harriet nearly getting spat on there. Rider. And one final rider, Uno X Pro, leading them out. Number 154, which I'll look to look up. Oh, you've got the list, haven't you? I've got the list. Um, so, Katie, uh, generally speaking, what, what, are we, what are we feeling like today? How are we feeling ahead of... Ahead of what's uh, a hilly day, sir. Tobias Johansson. Oh, that. Well, we're going to hear from. Uh, we're going to hear from somebody all about him in a minute. Um, anyway, Katie, how how are we feeling ahead of this one? Yeah, excited. Um, looking forward to something a bit different. Hopeful that the race will sort of come to life a little bit again uh, in the wake of yesterday's exciting finish and the fact that we've got a couple of big, bigger climbers on the menu today and some rolling countryside through Gloucestershire. So, yeah, I, I think that a few people are going to try something different today, maybe. We've actually just seen Sam Bennett sneak past, literally in between the cars, right at the back. Katie, how often is it that one of the riders is just, you know, completely out of the out of the loop on a start? Do we know they've got a rolling <laughs> start? They don't actually start in earnest for a few kilometres in or whatever? Yeah, it's, it kind of... You do see it more often than you would think. Um, they, always, they obviously always catch up and... I mean, I've seen, we've seen people miss their time trial starts, which is a lot more drastic. Um, but yeah, even at the World Championships recently in Glasgow, we were at the start line and the riders are just so relaxed and just rolling up to, you know, with, the, with, about, with about to start, like a few seconds left. Just, just rocking up, you know, not, not the biggest race in the world of that year, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite crazy really how relaxed they can be. Yeah, it reminds me of my days as an amateur uh, runner where 
Before I was half decent, I used to start last just to give myself a bit of motivation uh, with the chip times. But that was a chip time, and these are professional elite athletes. So, uh, and I was always hung over. So that's where the that's where the comparisons probably end. Uh. Yeah, so how long, obviously, not a cyclist, keep mentioning it, banging on about it, but how long will it take them to catch up? Will it not really affect the race if they start off too far back? Wait, oh, is there no, another no. Bora rider back there, or is that just a fan? No, no, it might be a fan. No, I don't think it is. Let's come into, let's come into the road and find out. Oh, sorry, nearly pulled you out there. How long does it take them to catch up, Katie? Will it affect the race? No, no, not at all. Like the neutralised start will go on for a few kilometres, and it, they go at quite a stately pace given given how fast these guys can actually go. So they'll just they'll just kind of cruise and catch up at the back, and it won't be a big deal. Yeah, the guy um, at the back in a Bora uh, jersey is not a rider, but very close to maybe convincing a few security guards that he was. Yeah, he's just got the fence whacked in front of him like no <laughs> entry, buddy. Actually, I was going to ask you that, Katie, yesterday. So um, they were saying that the break was only 45 seconds ahead. And I was wondering, you know, how long does it take them to catch up that? It, you know, is it, does it take them long? Is it possible? Like, how far do you have to get ahead so that people are unable to catch you up? Yeah, it's, it's, there's a, it hinges on a lot of things. Obviously, the peloton don't want to catch the breakaway too soon, as I've mentioned earlier in the week, because if they catch them, then the race opens up again and they can be liable to attack the ra- the teams that are trying to control. So they will give them a certain amount of distance, but once that gap closes, um, or once they decide they want to close the gap, it can happen very quickly. But if you've only got 10 kilometres left to race... And the breakaway have like a minute. That's that's a sustainable gap. That's something that could very well result in a breakaway win. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a tricky balancing act. But it's we do see breakaway wins relatively regularly still in cycling, and it's really fun when it happens. Yeah, well, here's hoping we might see some of that today. Is just the team coaches come past us, and I, and I hesitate saying coaches because the starting teams, Ineos Grenadiers, uh, even 36.5, just going past now are coaches, uh, and then. Um, the, the hierarchy goes down. Russell just waving at us there. Uh, the Swan year for GB. I think he's waving at you there, Harriet. Oh, uh, but they're I, just in a I camper van. I see him. They're, I'm they're, blind. They're in a bog-standard camper van as the uh, Bora Hansgrove I do like the Bora, I do like the Bora Hansgrove coach. Actually, I like the Uno German X coach. Co- is the best. The one. Uno X coach is good as well because it's obviously bright yellow, but it has like a canopy that they draw out and everybody sits under it and has a picnic. Maybe they all have that. Well, I've actually just seen, yeah, the Bolton Equities one does have that as well. Well, the TDT is a camper van that does that as well. So, you know, they've, they've, but it's, it is funny, it is funny Katie, thinking that these guys are all in the same race. Like, you wouldn't, you know, the, the, best, the best comparison I always keep going back to, Katie, is like Formula One as the Jumbo Visma. The Beebus. Yeah, the, the monstrous Jumbo Visma, <laughs> black and yellow coach with its arcing giant uh, Jumbo Salmon branded uh, wing mirrors arch in front of it just wheel past us here with the honeycomb names of the team on the back oh really oh there you go uh yeah it's funny katie isn't it my my, my f1 head is like going how do these guys compete together yet one's got this luxury coach and the other's got a motorhome yeah it shows the it really like is a visual representation of the difference in in kind of finances resources that these teams have just looking at the different ways they get around to races and and it's even more stark, actually, when you go into the winter and you go to cyclocross races and you still get Jumbo Visma with a big bus and then guys just turning up on their own in a van. You know, it really <laughs> is that, that stark a contrast. But, yeah, have you seen the washing machines in the buses? Y- yes, I have seen the washing machines. So no. That blew my mind when I first saw it. There's, like, if they lift a side panel up and there's washing machines so they can just throw the kit in and wash it on the, on the move. Yeah, wow. we'll, try, we'll try and totally get It totally surprised me. Um, yeah, and that carrier will go back to maybe well, a time before your time. Um, Katie was talking the marginal gains era of Team Sky and Dave Brailsford. Dave Brailsford's still in, still a key part of Ineos, isn't he, Katie? He is, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, still calling so, the shots very much. So, so back when there was, I mean, Ineos have so much resource, and, and Team Sky kind of were the, the pioneers of this, Harriet. They worked out that riders, when they were getting sick, like how could they prevent that happening? was to wash everyone's kit individually. So they'd, be, oh. they'd have six or eight washing machines to keep all the kits separate so you're not going to catch a bug of someone else's kit when washing them. I mean, Katie, that's just... <laughs> who? How would you get to the point where you can think that? I know, yeah. It's, they really were the pioneers in many ways of lots of these things that have now become 
completely normal for teams and for riders. They they were the first ones to use like hand gel and you know antibacterial hand wash and things. Like it, it, it seems obvious, but at, at the same time, it, it wasn't at the time. So yeah, they they they've they've pioneered quite a lot of of small changes that have improved cyclists' um, health and all sorts. But I suppose, Katie, when we're talking about the professionalisation of sport, professionalisation of, of, of cycling specifically. Oh, it's just as the, um, the just little sportives going out now as well, Katie. All the kids in that, uh, that, that kids team we talked to before are all going out, and they're getting oh. as big a, a bigger reception as the um, as the riders. I think there might be a lot of parents that, <laughs> on that start line. That might be the next Ethan Vernon in that pack of kids. Quite possibly. Absolutely. Actually, um, I was just thinking that though, because he, you were on about the stark contrast. Obviously, he's in a caravan against the Jumbo Visma guys in like the biggest best bus ever like the stark contrast yet he's still coming out on the podium every day does that make it a greater achievement would you say well it's the the Great Britain system is a bit, little bit different um, in terms of this race because they, they quickly put the team together um, with some of the best riders from around the country and some of the new riders whereas he normally rides for Sudal Quickstep who have all the same kind of level of, of gear and stuff right. as Jumbo Visma so it's he is certainly um at the top of his game, really. Um, so, no, it, but he's still doing brilliantly. Like he's having a really great race. Um, Katie, and I was just going to say, we were talking about Ineos a moment ago. Um, that professionalisation of cycling has been both a benefit and a, a bit of a hindrance to the sport because, as we've seen in this series so far, the cyclists, the riders, are all very professional. The tactics as well. There's maybe less of that kind of maverick kind of spirit. You know that you know Thibaut Pino style I'm just going to go for it and, and go for to, to hell with you all sort of thing if everyone's thinking of the future and you know how many calories they've consumed per hour and their exact wattage is it exactly what you need to be it obviously elevates the uh, you know the times and everything else but maybe takes a little bit away from the sport and the entertainment yeah, it's a, it's a really good point and it's a debate that sort of carries on um, on social media and amongst fans and, and obviously everybody wants to see the absolute premium, the, the, the top elite performances that we can see and all these changes are really improving the sport. But as you say, it, it does leave a bit of a gulf to, to the maybe the teams that can't afford this level of, of innovation or does it take away some of the, the kind of magic of the sport? But we still see plenty of guys who are happy to, to just um, to go for it and to do crazy things and even in the top level, you know, Tadej Pogacar for example is a rider who who doesn't necessarily adhere to all these strict innovations, he just goes for it when he feels like it and this is why we need riders like that still in the peloton <laughs> Yeah, absolutely true. Um, well, Tewkesbury is underway, they will then be heading to a finish in Gloucester, that's right isn't it? Oh, is it Tewkesbury to Gloucester? That's well, right, yeah. I keep getting which, it wrong. Which, which yeah, in my mind, Gloucester. we've got we've been too many places this week. Yeah, we are so northern that we don't really realise that Chicksbury and Gloucester are different places, but <laughs> apparently they are. Anyway, uh, Harriet Muckle has our preview today. Stage seven of the Tour of Britain is from Chicksbury to Gloucester. This 170-kilometre route is Gloucestershire's first ever full stage of the Tour of Britain. It's the same route that was set to feature in last year's race, but it was sadly cancelled due to the death of our Queen. Now it starts just down the road from Tewkesbury Abbey and finishes up on the historic Gloucester Docks. Now a fun fact is that the town people of Gloucester bought Tewkesbury Abbey from Henry VIII in 1540 for just 435 quid. The beautiful route will take in the scenery of the Cotswolds before testing the world's best riders on the well-known hills. A stage 7 will pass through Cleve Hill, Winchcombe, Sarancester before chipping Sodbury and Yates. Then heading back towards the finish, the riders will take in Wooten on Edge, Dursley and Stroud, then onto a series of testing climbs. In the final 30 kilometres are the climbs of Crawley Hill, which reaches 1.7 kilometres, then an ascent at Painswick, which is about 12 kilometres southeast of the finish line. This is where we're likely to see some of the day's most thrilling racing. Here's Andy Hawes with his thoughts on stage seven. There are some really punchy climbs. We've got some unclassified climbs in this race as well, or this stage. And, you know, just 20 kilometers from the end, you know, we've got the, the final king of the mountains of, of that day. Um, so, you know, potential for a breakaway on this stage, I think so. 
So that was Harriet Mucker with our preview. Thanks for that, Harriet. I'm on your bike HQ today, keeping an eye on the race. But Sunny and Harriet are in Tewkesbury and they've been out and about, round at the start line, catching up with riders and staff. Let's see who they've spoken to. What's your name? Dan. Dan, so I can see you're all in the blue Shimano t-shirts and the blue trousers. You're driving around with the, with the blue bikes, in case anyone doesn't have a bike. How often are cyclists needing them so far? Uh, not that much. Mostly they need a wheel from us. And the, the bikes we give them when they have a crash and the derailleur has broken or stuff. We give the bikes, otherwise we give always wheels. Do they say thank you? Yeah, they are they happy do. that we be there. If the team car says they are not allowed to ride in a smaller gap than a minute behind the breakaway. And we, we can do it with the motorbike and a, a car. So. Very happy that we beat them. Hi, I'm Sharon Davis, uh, Olympics of medalist in swimming, and I'm here to start the race today, and I'm really excited about it. It's almost harder sometimes today to get that cross-section of sports on television, and cycling is one of those lucky sports that gets fantastic airtime. Swimming doesn't always get that, you know, so we've got to understand that if we want more people to do sport in general and be fitter and healthier, then they're not all going to be footballers or, or cricketers or rugby players or even cyclists they may want to be badminton players or swimmers and so we've got to make sure that we can see everybody so what have you got a second yes. um, third place yesterday was it in the end yes congratulations thank you we've not seen too much of uno x at the front so far so yesterday was a, a bit of a change though. yeah it was good but i felt we have been in the top 10 every day and uh, we have two gc leaders so we don't have the biggest lead out train so yeah, it's been a bit challenging to, to get the pieces right. Uh, yesterday also, uh, I was uh, supposed to be a lead-out for uh, Freya time, so... So, so what happened? Did, did, he, did he lose your wheel, or...? Yeah, he, he came on my inside, the last 300, and was uh, caught in a squeeze there. So uh, if, he, if he could have followed me through, I think he would be, yeah, maybe first or second. So it could have been really good. Uh, but today is a day for Rasmus and Tobias, so I think it will turn out really good. Okay, all right, cool. And just tell me about these guys that you're with here. We know, we know Uno X have a, have a team in, in Tour de France and stuff, and you're, you're all pretty young, so there's a lot of really great opportunities you guys have got. Yeah, it's really nice to, to do a race with six sprints in a row. That's not many times a year, so yeah, it's a nice opportunity. And, and normally I don't ride with the with like the best rider so it's it's really nice and a lot of learning. Hi my name's Paul Morton, I'm a National Escort Group rider and I work on the Peloton Safety Team. 30, 35 police and 30 National Escort Group. So you have the safety bikes which are the ones that uh, rotate around the Peloton and we look for keep their follows, park vehicles, skips. Then we have our junction bikes so the police will actually put the closure in and then they help with the assistance of the rolling road closure. The heat is obviously it's affecting us a little bit but yeah it's been it's been really busy but good fun. Go and talk to Tam, Scottish, and he won't, you won't understand the word he's saying. <laughs> well, apparently, Scotsman can't say purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. Oh, you can do it in my accent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Purple burglar alarm? you got all scouts then. TTW, wow, there's loads of you. And how, how old are you? I'm 13. 13. How, how old are you at the back, big kid? 16. Very big for 16, isn't he? Uh, are you all excited? Yes. yes. Very. Who are you looking forward to seeing? Wow, wow, Banner. Wow, Banner. Are you looking forward to anyone else? Uh, Peacock. Peacock. I know he's not riding today. Do you not? He's a bummer stop listening. You're listening to On Your Bike. Hi, I'm Connor Swift and I ride for Ineos Grenadiers. Who's leading for the team now? Uh, there is Carlos, Magnus and Ben Turner. Good luck today. Carlos very good climber and today and tomorrow suits him very well so um, yeah, it's disappointing to lose Tom but he's still got cards to play. So that's pretty much everyone and anyone here at Tewkesbury. Uh, the anyone kind of is, is pretty much us guys. Uh, but we've heard from pretty much them all, apart from the main man, Wout van Aert, who is the overall GC lead, the general classification lead. Three seconds, which doesn't sound a lot, but when it's a load of sprints, it's a pretty big deal. What we do need to know or hear a little bit about is the data that's come out about him. All about what's. So what exactly are we talking about? Let's bring in our resident expert, pro cyclist Red Walters. So what is a measurement of power, which is energy spent per second, specifically joules per second, if you want to get technical with it. And uh, it's using cycling. Uh, that is the way we, we measure power. And it's, it's important for a number of things. So obviously, looking at how much power you're doing in the moment is really useful. And you know, you can see how much power you're doing for a certain duration of time. So you know, how much power am I averaging 
for five minutes. You know, people look at average power over a duration, and that's really important. You know, you've got peak power, which sprinters will obviously look at a lot. You can see using the power meter how much energy you've burnt during a race, and then you convert that into calories, and then they know how much they need to eat both during the race and after the race to to make up for what they've burned. And that way, they're not you know running out of energy over the duration of the stage race, which is really important. Uh, I've experienced it a few times where you just let it slide, you know, a few hundred calories each day. And after a few days, well, maybe a bit more than that, but after a few days of some big calorie deficits, you'll find that you're not going to be able to form at your best. In fact, far from it. And that's often what you see when you see people crack in the Tour de France or in big stage races. It's usually down to, well, it can be down to, to fueling, which comes back down to, to being measured from the power meter. So yeah, watts are very important and a really uh, critical metric for cycling and training. So Katie, that's red on wattage, okay? And we've kind of avoided going this way uh, with on your bike so far because we're getting into the world of geekery. Uh, and as an ex, as somebody who's taught physics before, you know, I know that we could switch a lot of us off very quickly, even with my zany approach to it, just like Professor Wito. Um, but his his data specifically. I think it was um, 800 watts, which I know David Miller on the ITV commentator said, said, like, if I were to get on a bike and pedal as hard as I could at my physical limit and then collapse, I might hit 800 watts for a moment or 700 watts for a moment. And his, his average was around that, and his maximum was nearly 1,500 watts. So is he, he a different breed? He certainly is. It was that final attack when he did his, his sort of kilometre attack at the end um, of stage six, stage five, yeah, fourteen hundred and eighty max watts he hit, which is just unreal power. You don't see that from many riders. His his longtime rival Mathieu van der Poel hits those kind of watts occasionally, um, but yeah, he got up to sixty kilometers an hour, average speed of fifty five. Um, I mean, it's num- the numbers you know make make your eyes water, frankly. <laughs> I wonder if the uh, Essex drivers who might have been behind him would still be beeping him to move out of the way when he's actually driving faster than them. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully, well, I mean, we'll get to see his stats after this race and I'm sure they'll be just as high. But, Sani, we need to get off and catch up where the race is going. We do. Uh, so, Katie, we'll love you and leave you. And we will head uh, on our journey across this wonderful county. Is Tewkesbury in Gloucestershire? Yes. Oh, so we're still in Gloucestershire? Yes. But this is... How come there's like Welsh, there's still Welsh stuff? We're near the Welsh border-ish. Oh. On your bike! (laughs) Okay, hi guys, how are you doing? Whereabouts are you? Hopefully you found a lovely spot. It looks absolutely stunning on the coverage. The countryside of Gloucestershire looks absolutely beautiful. Lovely villages that the riders are rolling through. And I've just seen on one of the team cars, the camera zoomed in to show that it's 31 degrees down there, which is, well, that's pretty sweltering. The riders look pretty hot. I'm sure you guys are very warm as well. I'm also warm. I'm out in the countryside in Northumberland, very, very far away, but it's also very sunny up here. But I'm managing to stay tuned into the race and I've seen that there's a five-man breakaway. There was lots of action early in the race as the brake tried to get away. We've ended up with a five-man break. It's good to see Ineos, Trinity represented in the break, which we haven't seen much of this week. And it will be good to see some different riders getting involved today um, with a bit more climbing on the menu. So I'm really excited to catch that second category climb, which comes towards the end of the stage. Yumbo Fisma controlling as usual at the moment. Let's see how it unfolds. Did we nearly leave Tewkesbury and not go to the Abbey? I love how that's how your mind works. You know, this historic monument to, uh, well, the parish church of St. Mary the Virgin, Church of England. And your your immediate thought is, what up movies it's been? Right, let's let's have a step in. So we're just walking uh, underneath some black gates, big arched gates with gold, gold foil. They were absolutely stunning, huge gates. Oh, evening prayers are on at four. We're going to miss that, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I'm Harriet, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, I'm Eamon Dugan. So I am uh, the associate conductor of a choir called The Sixteen. Uh, we're a fully professional choir um, who 
um, perform music from uh, across the centuries. Um, and we're here in Tewkesbury Abbey uh, tonight to perform our programme, which is called The Watchful Gaze. And it's celebrating the 400th anniversary of the birth of the great British composer, William Byrd. Some of you look very engaged and it would feel like you're telling me a story with the exercise. Some of you look, you look like you've been lobotomised. Yeah? <laughs> Literally, the, sh the shutters come down. Singing is all about communication. Whatever it is, even if it's just a vocalise without words or an exercise, you can give it shape, you can give it a colour. So, come on, try harder. One, two, three... Okay, that was lovely. Go on, give us a give us a song, Harry. Give us something. Give us any of your favourite songs. What songs do you want to sing? I don't know. I don't know any. Um... Not even choral. Just sing us a song now. She's actually just took a little bit of water to I warm up. Oh, go on then. Go on then. What? Um... I dreamed a dream of oh, time gone by. Of my... <laughs> <clears throat> I dreamed a dream in time gone by. When hope was high and life worth living I dreamed that love would never die That's all for you, Sally. <laughs> and that's not warmed up. Wow. Wow. A new set of ears. Oh, Thank look at that. There's a random man applauding you when he was out of the street. Okay. We're going to get on our bikes, or at least in the cars. Wait, I'm going wrong way. Yeah, I'll see you there. Yeah, I will see you there. Um, you need to get to... One to the car, Ned Bolton says 50 riders are uh, in, within the race lead. There he is, Wat Van Aert, with the entire Jumbo Visma train on the front and working. And it's one thing to think about tactics and stressing Jumbo Visma, which all these other teams who have aspirations, they're duty bound to do, but it's another thing when this man does get isolated and all the other teams are, have reduced numbers as well. How do you actually drop him to a like this? Well, the strength of their team and the strength of their riders and the way they're racing. There's no reason why they don't race, race an aggressive exactly. race at the end and actually force the race and try and set up Wild Van Aert for an attack. So the breakaway are three minutes ahead of the peloton. Their most likely move. I mean, you can't see any other team that can match them. Go on, nearly there. <laughs> what's, what's your name? I'm Ruth. My son is Louis, and he's one. So that, oh, Louis's one. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's raring to go, isn't he? Yeah, he has a balance bike already, so he's already in training. That's it. I've got my son doing something similar. So you're Ruth. What's your name? Ah, uh, Will. Will. Lovely to meet you both. And who's who's our man? Who's our man with um, with Louis? Tendai. Tendai. Um, so big cycling fans then. Yes, and cyclists. Yeah, we, we like cycling. Um, do, do you ride for a club or anything or? Well, we, we met in a club. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we met in a club. And then now we have a kid together. Wow. Well, that's, that's, that's a great reason to, to join a cycling club if you're single. There you go. <laughs> okay, what, what's the name of the club? Uh, it's called Dirty Weekend. <laughs> Dirty Weekend? I thought, I thought all these cycling clubs were like, you know, we, we, we saw it as the South End Seasiders and, you know, Felix the Road know. Warriors or whatever. Apparently this club started as, like, was it gravel or off-road? Hence the... Dirty Weekend. Yeah. Are you, are now you... we just um, abbreviate it to DW so that you don't cycle up to someone and say, hi, are you in Dirty Weekend? Cause uh, Tendai, are you also with Dirty Weekend? I am. Uh, Dirty Weekend, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so we are just by the uh, King of the Mountains finish. Have you given it a go yourselves up Crawley Hill? I, I, no, I haven't cycled this far yet. Well, I drove past twice. So it's, it's easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes two of us, right? Okay. No, um, we should. What do you tell people when they say, "Oh, I've joined a cycling club"? Because like, I don't really meet anyone who's not white, basically, on a cycling, in a cycling club. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Well, the cycling is changing. I, I remember I started cycling in 2012. You rarely see, like, um, a black person riding with, um, with Lycra. Now you go around Regent's Park in London, you see pretty much the, a big peloton with, full of um, black people with a Lycra. So it's just, it's just a, it's getting bigger and bigger. So everyone, every culture is just getting involved. 
So. Yeah, well, well, I don't know how you wouldn't fall in love with it. Tendai. Yeah. Hi. What do you reckon? We're, We're talking about di- well, we've gone we've gone to diversity, diversity chat. We've gone it. we've gone straight to diversity. So <laughs> I think lockdown made a huge difference because a lot more people of colour started cycling, and that's when I met more people that looked like me, and that's when I also sort of transitioned from wearing baggy shorts to wearing lycra. Yeah, that's that's I've just made that transition oh, recently. Yeah, it, so, it takes a while. It took yeah, me six years. Six years. <laughs> yeah, but I've still got a mudguard on my road bike because I'm still commuting on it. That's, and people that's are all like, good. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's not shameful. Yeah, yeah. I they, think they, they, judging they serve me. a purpose. Yeah, <laughs> no judgment here. Um, what is it you love about cycling? Uh, the freedom, the fact that when I'm on the bike, I am totally focused on what I'm doing. And yeah, the ability to just be fearless because you can only focus on one thing at a time. That's a very good point. Ruth, anything to add? What do you love um, about it? Escapism and your self-challenge. I don't, I don't race against people, but I'm always seeing how well I've done against myself. And after having a baby, well, I, I kept cycling during pregnancy. I was cycling up to 38 weeks pregnant. Well, cool. <laughs> and then was back on my bike eight weeks after when we were in Portugal. Six weeks after. Those six weeks, you must have been like climbing, climbing the walls. Yeah, I mean, it feels quite different after you've just had a baby. <laughs> but, she, 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 she actually got some KOMs while we're in Portugal. <laughs> so, yeah, you're king of the mountain in Portugal. But, it, but what I guess what I'm saying is it's something that I've done at the height of my fitness and just before having a baby. So it's, it's something that's very flexible. Let's talk about the race for a minute. Who are, you, who are you hoping to see come through and what are your thoughts on what we've seen in the Tour of Britain so far? Because finally we've got a climb. Finally. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we've got even more climbing in Wales. Mm-hmm. It's been very flat up until now. How are you feeling about it? It's been like a Bumblebee's race, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> Bumblebee's have been dominated. So it'll be interesting. I, I like to see. I like to see Tom Peacock. Like I want to see Tom Peacock at the top of this mountain, and we have about two two of his mates from uh, from Ineos, and then trying to do something, trying to put some gap. Well, I've got some very bad news for you. Tom Pidcock did not start today. Hello, Brian. Just checking on your on your progress. How's it going? I'm Brian Lewis. Um, I'm only 85. I'm the oldest world champion in the world. Glasgow was an amazing experience. So this was a 22.8 mile time trial against the clock we call it the race of truth no pacing you're on your own and it was a very windy day three people virtually got blown off the bike with accidents but I rode it and held on to it whatever was going to happen I was going to finish and I mean it just I mean I'm just blown away by talking to you and we've spoken to all the top riders it's just such an incredible experience you are redefining what people can do as they're getting older. My personal motto is adventure, not dementia. <laughs> Love that. Um, and you're wearing your medal as well. Uh, can, we have, can we have a look? So That uh, is the gold medal. Yeah, yeah so it really is glistening. So you've, it took me 85 it. years to get that. <laughs> it's a time child 2023 Glasgow and across Scotland, Great Britain. Um, what's been the response to you winning this? Amazing. Um, I've done all sorts of local interviews on radio. Um, I think the fact that maybe I'm representing the fact that you don't have to get old, you stay active. Too many people give up a busy work life, do nothing, and they're gone in next to no time. I'm going to be on an electric bike when I'm 100. <laughs> um, and, and this isn't the, this is nowhere near the end, as you've mentioned, you're going to 100. You've, you've got more stuff you're going to be entering in, is that right? Well. I have the right to defend my championship next yeah. year in Denmark. Denmark. Good bacon over there. Yeah. <laughs> Good cyclist too, but you, yeah. you'll be, you can be there. <laughs> so three years ago, sorry, four years ago at 81, I rode the 1,000 miles Land's End to John O'Groats. That was on my bucket list. But this was a dream. And have you always been like a, a, a competitive cyclist? I joined the Royal Forest of Dean Cycling Club in the West Country at age 14. Oh, really? I've been on and off a bike for 71 years. <laughs> Amazing. And what would you say to anyone who's thinking about giving it a go? As a man just, by the way, there's a man just gone behind you, wheeling down this massive hill. No! 
he might be more sprightly than you. Yeah. <laughs> what would your advice be to anyone thinking about cycling, like our, our, like our it, Harriet, who's, who's like, I'm mean, oh, not sure. The, the, the amazing thing now is the introduction of electric bikes is bringing lots of people back to cycling. And it gets them outdoors, gives them the freedom. For me, it was a, I, I was widowed 10 years ago, so during lockdown, living on my own, getting out on the bike was the best mental health treatment I could ever have. Yeah, well, I'm sure your, your partner will be very proud with what you've done since. She would. Perfect, thank you. And by the way, I'm going to carry on our own interview here because uh, although we're filming here, I've got Sue filming you. Um, who's this person who, who I've roped into filming? Sue is my club mate. She's my best friend. She's my organiser, my dietitian. <laughs> She's got the best back wheel for yeah. me to follow. Yeah. My training partner. So, Sue, do you also have a washing machine in your car as well, in your style? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll get his drinks all ready for she him in a cooler. Into Glasgow. Yeah. Oh, they did press the button. We pressed so. the button. So, you, so you, you had it entered and you were like, shall, last, I, shall I do it? Yeah, year, yeah. Last September, a year ago, <laughs> we pressed the button to go to Glasgow. Yeah. Um, Sue, so was that recording that entire interview, by the way? Oh, please say it was. I don't know. Oh, and it was, it was. Brilliant. Yeah, do you know what she did? She pressed stop as soon as I put the no, camera on her. Oh, when we eyebrow stop with my fat thumb. I'll carry it. Sue, Sue, how proud are you? How proud are you of what Brian's managed to do? Oh, I can't describe it. Absolutely, he's, she gave he's... Up a lot to get me there. Yeah, yeah. Why? Training and and she she knew I was gonna I was gonna have to do it. Yeah. My husband died in January, so he kept me going <laughs> and cycling. So. We both lost yeah. our, our lifetime partners, and cycling has given us new life. Yeah, I'm brilliant. At least I'm well. Yeah. Well done. He's not doing too badly, is he? <laughs> oh yes, that categorised climb, the second category climb, did have the impact that we were expecting it to have. Wout van Aert attacked, uh, and only a few guys could go with him. Magnus Sheffield of NES Grenadiers, Damien Housen of DSM, and Stevie Williams of the Great Britain team, amongst others managed to say with him, oh, Tobias Johannesson, actually, who's a bit, really big shout for today, um, and for the GC, who we haven't talked about much, of Uno X, former winner of the Tour de l'Avenir, so a really strong rider and a great climber. Um, and they got a gap on the, the climb, and they closed down the gap from like a minute and a half down to about 20 seconds at one point. And I think Van Aert's plan was to bridge to that front group on the climb just by himself, but he didn't quite make it. So now the gap to the front group is opening out again. It's down to four guys, um, just four left in that front group, but they are consolidating around a 34 second lead over the chase group of Wout van Aert, Sheffield, Housen, Williams, and Camille Bono of the Flanders Baloise team, I believe. There's just under 20 kilometers to go until they reach you guys. I'm not sure what it's gonna end up as, possibly a bit of a reduced bunch sprint. There's another un uncategorized climb about to begin though, so let's see what happens there. We've got about 10 kilometers to go. Wout van Aert absolutely rampaged through the peloton there. Went from the bunch all the way up past Abram Stockman, who was sort of dangling off the back from the breakaway, flew past the breakaway, absolutely turning himself inside out to get to the front of this race. And he's managed it, but he's not alone. He still has the company of Ben Turner, Mark Donovan, and Stevie Williams has just worked his way across as well in a really good move. Magnus Sheffield is towing the bunch, interestingly, for Ineos, even though they've got Ben Turner up there. It's probably to do with their positions on GC um, and just giving Ben some extra help or bringing Magnus up, uh, depending on their positioning. But it's all kicked off on that uncategorised climb. There's only 10k to go. And to be honest, although Van Art was absolutely monstrous when he attacked just then, he is looking tired. He's got pain on his face. He's really suffering. Is he going to get enough help from the people around him to now get to the line and maintain that three second gap? Has he done enough? Or will one of them get a jump on him because they've managed to save some energy while he has been doing all the pulling.
Is he going to be able to slot back in here? He will slot back in, but he's not going to take part in the sprint. He's just going to make sure he's not time gap. That is a small group. He's going to have to hang on to the back of that group. And they're opening up. It's Rasmus Tiller who opens up the sprint with Tobias Janssen. Tiller hits the front. Rasmus Tiller, Danny Van Poppel. Tiller holds on! That was a huge, huge win for Uno X. Wat van Aar lost it in the last 800 kilometers, and it was a huge win for Rasmus Tiller, bringing home the number one for Uno X. Second place was also Danny Van Poppel, who won yesterday. And I need to double check who third was. Well, I'm now uh, surrounded by a sea of, of riders coming in to my left and team cars to the right. So at least the riders got to the finish on time. Steve, have you got a mo? Uh, how was that for you? Not, not a bad finish at the end? Yeah, it was all right. It was, uh, looked like... Um, how we thought it would go, split on the first climb, come back, and then it'd be whoever had the legs in the finish. Positioned myself quite well for the sprint, and just, yeah, couldn't get round Danny and, uh, and the Uno X rider. Yeah, Rasmus Tiller took it at the end. So did you, did you, did you get third in the end, was it? I think? Yeah. So yes, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty thing it's showing all round for, for GB. If it's not been you, it's been, it's been Ethan Vernon. So overall, kind of showing you can mix it up with, with any of them. Yeah, it's good. It's, uh, yeah, nice to race like this and be competitive in a national jersey. So yeah, I'm happy with that. Uh, how are you feeling about tomorrow? Good. Oh, yes, man. No, we're just coming over congratulating you. How, how are you feeling about tomorrow? Oh, yeah, can you even think about tomorrow yet? Yeah, no, it's going to be a yeah, hectic day, I think. It's going to be hard, a lot of little groups. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, recover now and then see what happens tomorrow. Nice one. Congratulations. Well done. Um, now we're just chugging on a, on a can of Fanta that, that Swanee Russell's just passed him over. Didn't quite have enough to make over for the front group, but got Stevie in. Got a third, so it's decent. What's your favourite fizzy drink? Because you've got a, a can of Fanta there, ice cold. Yeah, I mean, it's hot, so I would have preferred a lemon Fanta, but... Did you hear that? Did you hear that, Russell? He's complaining he wants a lemon Fanta next time. No. Yeah, hello, my name is Rasmus Tiller and uh, I ride for Unix Pro Cycling Team. Rasmus, this morning we spoke to Todd Goodmanstead and he said, he said, well done, you got third yesterday. He's like, yeah, it wasn't really the plan. I was, I was supposed to be working for Rasmus, it didn't quite come together. And today it did. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was really nice to get the win today and... Uh, yeah, Tobias did a really good uh, lead out and um, yeah, I think we raced really well together. He was he, he followed the move of uh, Wolf van Art and um, and yeah, I could uh, be a bit uh, uh, wait on on Bura behind. So uh, for us it was uh, perfect. So uh, yeah, really happy that we catch uh, Wout in the end. Um, let's go. Let's grab I've Alan for a, a minute. Stickers. I've given out a whole sheet of things. Alan, um, hello. I'm Sunny and this is Harriet. Harriet nice We're making a podcast series all about well cycling and. For newbies, for oldies, you are an integral part of it. Apparently so. You are. Yeah. You are, you're either you you're either in the background or you're very much in the foreground. We have, it's, it's a bit of both. It's a, right, okay. Where, where do you think it is? It depends on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Describe what I do. Uh, I'm not. I don't do the test match special commentary on the telly. Uh, I've got to make sure uh, that the crowd here are informed. Uh, they know what the race situation is uh, and uh, I've got to make sure that they get warmed up, G'd up to make lots and lots of noise for the riders coming in. Um, a huge amount of people who come to a bike race have not got a clue about the actual bike racing. It's not like football or rugby, right? It's, it's you know, when, when you go to Old Trafford every single week, um, most people are season ticket holders, they're there fortnight in fortnight out they know everything about not just their team but because of the sports culture in the uk they know everything about everything else uh, because they hear it on the radio all the time they read it in the newspapers all the time but with bikes um, i've got to tell them who the riders are who they ride for what their strengths are what their weaknesses are and you need to go and get uh, you need to go get well, i know my place <laughs> i did but uh, unfortunately i i kind of isolated myself a few times with uh with guys on my wheel, we didn't really want to cooperate, so yeah, uh, I did, did a bit, bit of a mistake there. Well, just to first ask you about, 
you know, we, we saw the data yesterday from Felix, though, and it was, I think, your average watts. We're going to talk about watts was like 700-odd, and max was nearly 1,500. And we asked somebody of the riders, and they, they said it's almost almost freakish, the levels you've got. Do you, do you train for that, or have you naturally always had that kind of <laughs> extra bit of power? Yeah, I was born like that. <laughs> um, thinking about where, where you are, you know, obviously this is one of the smaller races, but you are leading the GC. How do you deal with the pressure that comes from being at the top and being the one that people are trying to chase down? Uh, yeah, I try to stay as easy as possible, as calm as possible. I mean, we uh, are we and, and I have been in this situation several times before, so it always helps to have experience in that. And uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, when, when you lead a race like this for the first time, it's way more um, stressful than now. And at the top of the, sec the Category 2 climb, there was a guy called Brian, 85 years old. He's the Grand Fondo champion for his age group at 85. Awesome. Could you ever see yourself going on as long as him? No, not at all. <laughs> Just a few more years to come, and then I will only ride through the cafe and back. What would your message be to Brian? <laughs> Uh, chapeau for him. Uh, really respect for all people on bikes and uh, when he when he keeps on racing on this age. So uh, really, really nice to see. Yeah, we'll see you at 85 as well. Don't worry. <laughs> we are by a church, just behind the um, the think the term is a mix zone, which is behind a podium. Sat in a very nice, extremely clean part of Gloucester where um, all these old warehouses were just stood behind underneath the, the Reynolds docks. the docks yeah. yeah well I'm getting there the Reynolds warehouse uh, by the by these docks in Gloucester and yes yeah, it's, it's not like those old industrial buildings and the docks have all been turned into flats it's a lovely surround um, it's really nice to have a bit of a chat about today's race um Katie you were watching it at um on your bike HQ how was it it was brilliant <laughs> properly a cracker of a stage um the, the action we were all looking for it's the thing about bike racing and it just made me think just now um some days you struggle to get three sentences out of the actual action itself you know you can ask the riders questions and have and chat about the broader picture but the actual race itself you you, you know it's a sprint finish what else can you say today i've made this list of notes like as long as your arm and nothing happens or everything happens and then you know it's this it's sort of mercurial and, and dynamic thing about boat, bike racing which is why it's so addictive and i'm wondering if harriet like when you if you look back at this tonight on this on you know on the replay on the highlights and see what i mean there's so much that i could say about just a five or ten kilometer stretch of racing it was absolutely uh, electric really really good yeah because itv were asking wout van art like so you were ahead at this part then you weren't ahead and then you went really ahead and then did you make a choice not not to do that and he was like no my legs just went and i was like wow a lot must have happened in that last like little bit of the race yeah it was yeah he attacked three times basically it seems as though yumbo tied themselves out they're paying the price i think for six days controlling the race so wout had to go it alone but he obviously really believes in himself, as he well should, and he went for it. He's an aggressive rider. He's not afraid to go out there and try something. He attacked on the climb. He attacked on the next uncategorised climb. And he attacked about four, just over four kilometres from the end. And each time, he's losing riders, OK? So he, he didn't make it stick in the end because he was really pouring it all out there. Um, he didn't drop all the riders, but he dropped enough. And that's the point. It's a thinning down process. Um, so his moves have thinned out the bunch, just in the way we, the same way we see in one-day races, really. Because if you've got less riders around you, that's less competition, obviously. Maths. It's maths, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thinning down process. But in the end, Katie, he wasn't the winner. He wasn't. No, he wasn't the stage winner. Uno X played an absolute blinder today. And they not only did they play a blinder on the stage itself, they've done extremely well with the GC because they had... Uh, Tobias Johansson in sixth position so it was a crazy mix of like climbers and sprinters at the end so it really paid to be an all-rounder today because if you've got the legs to climb and then you can still finish it off with a fast finish so we saw it with Wout Van Poppel was there obviously you've got those sprinters and then you've got climbers as well like Johansson like Stevie Williams who played a, a blinder today he 
well, I said a blinder twice. <laughs> he, he had a brilliant race as well. But yeah, Rasmus Tiller was the strongest in the end and he's a really powerful classics rider, so he made that count today. The drink of choice for GB is Fanta. Is it? Who would have thought that? Is it Fanta Zero or is it Fanta Fanta? Full fat Fanta. Really? You need to replace all the You've sugar. You've got to go full fat, yeah, you need the sugars. To be fair, I do like a Fanta on holiday or a Lilt. That's a nice holiday yeah, the drink. phasing oh, out Lilt as well. Yeah. Fanta's a holiday drink for me. I don't really treat myself to a Fanta. Other drinks are available as well. Diet Coke. <laughs> Other drinks We're not are available. <laughs> yeah, uh, if they want well, we to. can be, you we know, Fanta. <laughs> we, could, we could well be on your bike, you know, on your bike pod at gmail.com. We don't mind if it's Fanta Zero. It's probably about time to look towards Harriet and Katie, the GC, the general classification. So if you've forgotten what all that means, obviously we've had our stage winners for every stage, and then we have our overall uh, winner who's in the lead. Because it's been such a sprinty uh, tour, a lot of them are separated by, by nothing, Harry. You've got it open at the moment. Wout Van Aert is still the number one man in the GC from Jumbo Visma. And then behind him, everybody else is three seconds behind. We've got Danny Van Poppel in second. He won the stage yesterday. And Rasmus Tiller in third, who won the stage today. And we've also got Tobias Johansson and Damien Housen in fifth. So those are the top five. But, Katie, we, we could go on for quite a long time listing... Uh, the, t- the riders and the gaps of zero between, between them all to then out for now those three seconds. Is it normal in a tour to have so many riders all bunched together like that? No, it's not. Because the usual thing that you have is bonus seconds and they've decided for some reason to not include them in this tour. So bonus seconds means that for the winning rider, you normally get like 10 extra seconds as well as the fact that you've won and any time gaps that you have to the next person. And then the second person over the line would get some bonus seconds but they, because they haven't done that that's why the gaps stayed so close but it's also why today was really really important for the race as a whole because it has actually created some gaps albeit small ones so whereas we had at the beginning of the week we had like 90 riders on zero and then we went down to about 55 riders that were all on the same time which was still crazy and very unusual now we've got obviously wow um and then we've got a bunch of about 10 riders on three seconds and then nils pollitt on nine and then a bunch of riders at 39 seconds. So it, it does create a bit of a, a pecking order, if you like, which is important for the race um, going forward. But also it means that tomorrow there's, um, you know, the, the riders on 39 seconds, for example, know that if they want to win, they have to they have to go, go long, essentially, and try and make it. up that time, yeah. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can well do, by the way, hashtag on your bike pod. But I think it's probably time for us to pack up our bags and head to Wales. So we have been on your bike. Do give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a share as well. I'm going into like autopilot here. How many stars do you need to give us, Harriet? Five. Give us five. There you go. Five stars. Um, I have been Sani Rajavajala. I've been Harriet Muckle. And I've been Katie Madwick. Next stop is Margam Country Park as we head towards Wales and a finish at Caerphilly. On Your Bike is a Sandpod production.